This week in Maroon and Bold, the guys will discuss CMU football's last game of the season, women's basketball's first loss, and men's basketball's trip to the Bahamas. What's up, everybody? We're back with another edition of Maroon and Bold. I'm CM Life Sports Editor Dylan Getz, here with beat writer Andy McDonald and Evan Petzold. Uh, <laughs> it's week 12 on campus at CMU. We're, we're like one week away from Thanksgiving break, which I'm sure we're all looking forward to. Yeah. But we're, we're hanging in there. This is the... Uh, 11th Maroon and Bowl of the semester, so we're going to be talking some CMU football. Um, they had an off week this week, and uh, they're, they're going to be approaching their last game of the season uh, against Toledo. Uh, some CMU women's basketball, their first loss of the season. Um, and then men's basketball, they get to go to the Bahamas. They're actually already there when we recorded this. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, Kino Davis said that they uh, the coaches don't usually get to have too much fun on those trips, apparently, but the, the pictures yeah. show that uh, yeah, the, the students pictures. were oh, sure, yeah. out there doing a bunch of different stuff. So. I'm sure I'm sure uh, they were having their fun, too. I don't know if Kino had miss out on any uh, <laughs> beach trips or anything. He said it's always good because he gets to take his family, but he says he spends most of his time watching film and doing stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I should believe that or not. I don't know either. <laughs> anyway, we can kind of jump into Simi Football's uh, Week off. <laughs> Luckily, they they needed one, one in ten this year. <laughs> yeah, I think you could have said they needed a whole year off to be they honest. Need, they need something right off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, they're one in ten. Okay, last game of the season. What? Okay, there's there's nothing to play for. There's no trophies. There's no spots. In Absolutely the nothing. No, <laughs> there's nothing. So what? I mean. Why do we even? Why do we even carry more? You're not Should even really we? playing for pride either. I mean, at one point it was all right. Let's see if we can get, you know, three, three, four wins yeah. this season. But now at this point, there's no pride either. It's, mm. it's just playing to end the season essentially. Yeah, because like, you know, I guess one of those pride, like the pride thing, would come in against maybe like Akron or Eastern or Bowling Green. But now, in the last game of the year, you kind of lost your chance to regain some pride and to regain some, you know, like. And it's Toledo. Yeah, they're, they're tough. I mean, they're they're not two and ten or yeah. one and eleven really makes no difference in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's not like that's the difference between finishing second to last in the in the Mac West compared to finishing, you know, last in the Mac West. You know, that like they're there's nothing to play for anymore. Um senior day already happened. They blew that in a matter of hundred and nine seconds. <laughs> so We were uh, counting we Oh were yeah, counting, we, we counted hundred and nine seconds. So what was it? Thirteen zero. Yeah, thirteen nothing, and then one touchdown. Pooch po- kick. Pooch kick, which I <laughs> had, the, had the beauty of learning what that was, uh, thanks to Bowling Green kicker, uh, and then they scored again. So 109 seconds of game time it took for Bowling Green to to take the lead and, and never give it back up. They ended up winning 24-13 that last game on November 10th, which is just depressing when you think about it. I mean, you you have an you have an offense that is that is that bad, and they finally give you yeah. Even a little <laughs> something, and then you look at what happens. And, and granted, that w- that was two bad plays by the defense in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. That's not bad, right? I mean, you 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 have two you know poorly executed plays from your defense, and that's not the worst thing in the world. But just the fact that the offense couldn't do anything, and then mm-hmm. it just happened all so quickly. You know, Bono said before he could even realize that they were down. Yeah, and that, that that's just depressing, man. I mean, that is rough. It was quick. 109 was. seconds of game time. That is nothing for. A, I mean, for a college football game, you know, 
I was just just you lost it that fast, and that's the sad thing. You lost it that fast, and it was almost like a switch was was turned. Like I don't know, know, momentum was gone. Yeah, there was no momentum. You know, things were looking okay. Like they might be able to actually beat the other worst team in the MAC, and then (laughs) just totally dominated in the second half. And after after that first touchdown was scored. CMU was still up by six after the first touchdown scored, and it it looked like it was a blowout already, mm-hmm. even though Bowling Green was still down. That's I mean, this just this game in general. It's like you know, if you were a senior and this is your last chance or whatever else it might be, like you could win this game and at least to look back on it and say we won on senior day mm-hmm. or whatever it meant. But it's like if you're a senior and you're leaving now, what do you even like? You know, like, you, you just forget about it. Like, you just, yeah. well, you just forget about this year 2018 in general. In general. I mean, yeah, yeah, is that it? Like, we, we, didn't, we yeah. didn't play that season. We don't. When you tell your kids, you're telling them about, you know, the three seasons yeah. prior <laughs> that you were here. You're not yeah. you're not telling them about the 2018 oh, no. season. Or or do you, like, find a way to, to take away that you got through it somehow? I mean, like, how do you talk about it after this? Motivational like, when you leave someday? Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, like, <laughs> the thing that I really kind of, like, Evan, I, I remember you were there in the, in the press conference after. Who, who was it that came in? Was it? Oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting his name. Mike Dana. Now. Yeah, Mike Dana. Uh, you know, he said like the theme is gonna be we gotta stay together. We're still family. We're brothers. You know, we gotta stay together. But I feel like no other team in the country really has that kind of really has to has to. Okay, it it's something that's on every football team, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. it, I don't think every other. You know, it's nobody so has easy. to focus on it. Nobody that has hard, to focus right? on it that hard because like it just comes with winning and it comes with yeah, playing together. Like and, uh, like. <laughs> it's so easy to check out on this team, I feel, and just I wonder, because they're just not good. Well, I wonder, uh, too, like, what so some of the seniors think. That stuff. And, you know, because it's different. He's a junior. Yeah. I mean, he's looking towards the future. I wonder if some of the seniors are just 100% checked out and, yeah. and done at this point. And I feel like that might be a reason why we only saw one person uh, yeah. in the in the postgame press conference. No senior. I mean, it was senior day. No seniors. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean that's crazy. Well, it, it's, it's just probably because, I mean, none of them really give a crap anymore about the season like oh, how no. could you like okay imagine this is your passion like you, this is all you've done your entire life all you remember all your you know it's gotten you a college degree and all this stuff and there's no NFL chances no I mean, NFL this is chan- like this is the end and they're that bad yeah <laughs> you know like how do you not check out you know like I feel like just personally you would be pretty disappointed you'd be wanting to move on I mean, it's probably just, like, super emotional and not, like, getting good emotions from it when you lose a game like that because you just mm-hmm. know that. I mean, they won one game, and it wasn't even against someone that, you know, mattered, yeah. essentially. So yeah. it's just, like, well, half the game, they're yeah. probably, how do you even keep yourself together to talk about that? I mean, that? And, and some of the some of those guys, like, earlier this year, they were, like, defending themselves for the main win because technically it was Division One, But, like, if, that's, FCS, all, come on if that's all you have to defend— it's not a real. It's not a real division. That's not one. like. That's, well, yeah, and it's not. It's not. Like, it's a write-in on every single schedule and every team in the country. And every team do does that. it, and yeah. that's that's fine. They're it's allowed like, to do that. It's but. not like it's not like CMU is like a world-breaking program. They don't you know have these great seasons every mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's been a while since they've really won anything that actually mattered. But I mean, you don't come here to go one in ten. I mean, people people think that they're going to be better yeah. than that. Like, I mean, this is this, this is unbelievable, dude. I mean, coming to the, the year, this there's is, no way you'd have thought. Yeah. No, I don't think we ever <laughs> predicted. I mean, we should go back and listen to some of the other Maroon and Bolts, but yeah, this is the worst season they will ever have. No, like, like it doesn't even matter the result in the next yeah. game. Like, this is the worst it can get. <laughs> so, yeah. so we talked about it though. I mean, this is the worst that it's gonna get. It's it's awful. 
really, it can't get much worse than this, like ever. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I mean, no. I don't know how much worse it can get, but the, but okay, yeah. So there is one thing, and it's it's the 2018 season. We get that, but the real question though is what needs to change going forward, right? Yeah. That that's kind of the whole focal point of where everybody's at now. It doesn't matter if you're the reporters, if you're the your players, if you're athletic director Michael Offred, if you're the yeah. fans, the community, whoever mm-hmm. it might be. The question is, okay, what does this mean for the future? I think, I think. Everybody else is thinking that there should be some significant turnover in terms of coaching staff, in terms of organization type. Um, but honestly, looking at CMU, the way they do things, uh, this football team specifically, I I think there might be one or two coaching changes. Yeah, I mean, offensively, probably there's got to be something. Yeah. I think but, like something has to yeah, happen. I feel or... like I feel like um, CMU athletics specifically is kind of taking this a lot more lightly than they might, I, than they should. I well, agree with that. I, I don't yeah, think anything's yeah. going to happen to John Bonamago. That's for no, sure. Yeah. I, I'd be amazed if that happened. I've talked to Michael Offord as well. And he said that he doesn't even evaluate coaching. At least that's what he says. Yeah. He says, I don't evaluate coaching until the end of the year. I let them do their job and oh. I do my job. I mean, in, in yeah. I mean, it's proving true right now though. He hasn't fired anybody. I mean, there yeah. Has, I mean, yes, he, there's been he rumors. He should but... do some evaluation. I mean, what else are you sitting up in that uh, you know, press box for other than to watch the team and to decide, you know, what you what your direction is. And at this point though, like, really, if he if he fires somebody though, like is it even does it even matter if he does it now rather than when the season ends though? I think that's kind of maybe that might be his point is it doesn't matter like it like who cares? Yeah, but I don't think it should be a decision of when I fire him. If you decide you're going to fire somebody, get fire it him. done with, you know, yeah. get it over with. You know, I I feel like it's not, you know, a decision of when and where. It's just like you know, how, how okay. Imagine you're somebody's boss. Imagine you're, uh, you know, like the editor has some paper, and 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 a reporter consistently consistently doesn't deliver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna wait till the end of his, you know, beat season or something to to take care of him yeah, to deal fair. with it? You, you you're just gonna ignore it all this time and let everybody, you know, kind of just bash on this guy. Um, Nothing, no change is ever going to be made. You know, you're going to let this reporter go out and, and kind of embarrass himself almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're not going to deal with that. You know, like imagine imagine what Alfred said in any other boss and, and, and worker type context. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's BS. Yeah, Wait, no. Here's, here's yeah. my thing, too. And I, you know, specifically looking at, you know, the, the certain position coaches, you know, from that. You can't really tell a ton about those guys. I mean, you can tell a lot about, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and head coach. And those are the three kind of things. And looking at Bono, he's a player's coach. And and I know Dylan, you and I have talked about this a little bit, is he's not yeah. the one that's calling the plays every down of the game. He doesn't he doesn't know you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't know it to that extent that, you know, a Chris Ostrowski would as the offensive coordinator. I think right. defend, I mean, de- defending Bono, even in the slightest way, granted it's been an awful season. But but look at his recruiting but. class that he has coming in. That's one. Look at the transfers he, he's brought in. I mean, you, you look at Shane Morris, Draymond Hall, Khalil Pimpleton, Deron Irving Bay, you know, Ryan Tice. You know, what can, you know what can absolutely just derail those guys' careers, though, is a bad coaching group. Well, that, that's the point, and yeah. that's why I don't I don't think that's that's John's spot to 
to get out of though. I don't I don't think Bono's the guy that needs to make that move. He's brought these mm-hmm. guys in. He has a philosophy, but there is and, and defensive coordinator Greg Colby has done a hell of a job this year. He has done an excellent job. The defense has been really the only thing that's been able to put points on the board for them. Think <laughs> about think about all the times that they've had great field know, position yeah, and had exactly. nothing yeah, in the no, offense. Yeah, exactly. sure. It's all Chris Ostrowski. And to be honest, in my opinion, he needs to go and it needs to happen. Yeah. And, and it needs to happen ASAP. Mm-hmm. It, it's got to. There, there's no well, reason have, why that guy we, should be around. We talk next about year. accountability. Some, something has to happen. If that doesn't happen, you can look at social media right now and everything. Any fan response right now is that they they want Bono gone as it is. They don't much. get it. They don't understand. They don't understand all of it. Yeah. See, you got to show something though. If, it, if if you don't give something, mm-hmm. if you, you I, don't yeah. if you and don't show some kind of accountability, you're gonna get like a lot of a lot of hate for it mm-hmm. and a lot to come down. And like, I think the yeah the biggest story that might come out of this season. You know, I've told both you guys this. I believe is when nobody gets fired. Yeah, exactly. That would be, that, that that would be, be absolutely that would be, incredible. That'd be crazy if they Wouldn't go one and eleven. But but it's not out of like you know like it's not out of the realm. It's not. I mean, I could see it. No, yeah, I could too. And, I definitely and, think and so. That's the thing with CMU. There's never there's any no there, there, but there's no, no way none. Ostrowski stays around. I mean, I mean you got to be as dumb as a rock to keep that man around. And I, <laughs> but I'm look, sorry, Chris, you know if you're listening. Do, but yeah. <laughs> you know what CMU'll do? They'll they won't fire him. They'll say he accepted another job and avoided his oh, own contract. Oh, of course. Contract. They're just gonna they're gonna take the time gonna, to wait for that to happen. Yeah, and then once it does, they'll get rid of him. But yeah, I mean, I'm Alfred will tell him to to leave, but they won't fire him because that. Just, I mean, CMU never fires anybody. They just cover it up until they're at another school. It's just, not wrong. It's just that simple. Since I've been here, that's ex- exactly the way that it's been yeah, with almost like, any coaching problem, anything they've. Had. Mm-hmm. It's like let's give this guy as long as he possibly can, and I mean, Bonamay was the perfect example. If you have one season that looks like it's good enough for Ed's hope, you could turn it into a contract. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, like not Steve, maybe that yeah. high in money, but you could mm-hmm. turn it into that many years. I mean, if you show any kind of success, exactly. I've been digging through some names, you know, recently just to kind of figure out because I like to play this game in my head, and it's called the what if scenario. <laughs> you know, what if, what if Chris Ostrowski gets fired? Who comes in, and you know. I just kind of picked through a list and kind of picked my number one guy of who I would oh, pick. And, gee. Oh, and boy. No, I mean, no. Zach, yeah, go ahead. Go Zach, Zach Azani. He is a wide receivers coach for the Denver Broncos. He went to Central Michigan. He coached Central Michigan. He was the assistant head coach and the wide receivers coach from 2007 to 2009. And that, that 09 year where they were they were darn oh, good. He was there. <laughs> Got a also coach receivers at Bowling Green. They have an opening for a head coach. Has he might be interested been, in him. Has he ever uh, been an OC before? Um... Has he been an OC? Uh, yeah, he, maybe, at Western Kentucky he was. Well, hey, he was we, hired, we, hired, there. we hired Bono, and he was never a head coach before, and now he supposedly a, he doesn't know the playbook. He so. was a passing games coordinator at Tennessee. I mean, he's got a little bit of a resume, and I think yeah. also what you do is if you bring a guy like that in here, though, what that does is, one, it keeps him away from Bowling Green because I, I am sure he's at least somewhere in Bowling Green's top five. They need a coach. He's been there. He knows the, he knows the system, knows the offense. He gets mm-hmm. it, right? So he's been there and he's done well, that. The thing is, Keep him there. Yeah, but also, yeah. you get a competent offensive coordinator moving forward. And you know what? The thing is, too, nobody will get hired unless they have a good relationship with Bono. I know that for a fact. Bono only hires guys that he's worked with. And it, I mean, unfortunately, it shows. Uh, but, but do you think Bono might hire him because he. You know, worked in the NFL with the Bears in 2017 and now with the Broncos. He has that NFL yeah, but maybe bon- connection. Unless he personally knows Bono, unless Bono has his phone number, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I wonder if he does. I I just doubt yeah. it. You know, it, it, we've seen a track record with all the coaches that have been brought in and left uh, from CMU that, you know, Bono is the only guy that, that matters in terms of recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like every single 
coach that's brought in or special teams coach or, or whoever um, has that direct, like, you know, almost obvious connection to Bono, having worked with him in the past when he was in the NFL or um, I mean, Ostrowski didn't really him. know him, though. I mean, they were he was, like, right up the road. <laughs> and I mean, he was in Michigan, but he, they didn't, like, know him from the past, though. Yeah, yeah. He didn't he, live in Mount Pleasant. I, he was up in the UP. Well, nor do any other coach before they come to yeah, see him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he still could have been more in contact with him or had a better chance this season in yeah. the state. It, but he never, but he never went to CMU or had any relations with CMU Ostrowski. This guy's got relations. That's all I'm trying to say. Is, yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah, and 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 I go to CMU too, so I probably got a chance. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, all I'm saying is Ostrowski and Bono. No. They don't think they were buddy that, buddy before they hired him because this guy not. was from the UP mm. and he was coaching for NMU. Yeah, but this guy has literally been to to Valpo, Bowling Green. He was at CMU, Florida, Western Kentucky, Wisconsin, well, Tennessee, then again, Chicago Bears, at, Denver be, Broncos. Being at all these schools too, he's probably not gonna come to CMU. Like, why would he? Is he? He's curling with the Broncos. Yeah. Okay. What, so you got, so you got an assistant job in Denver. I don't. I don't know. But how you can much. say the same about Bonamago, though. Why would he? Why would he come back to to CMU when he had all these? Because this is a, this is his dream job. But what if this is Zach Azani's dream job? I mean, it nobody, could be. It, it could, could be, be, but we don't know that. Could you imagine? <laughs> I, I, I get mean, where you're coming wouldn't from. Wouldn't he like to come a, back to his college and? <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely a good thought to like think that he, because of his connection here before, that he could come here and take that job. Like I see that, and I then that, that sets him up to what? I just don't. I think be, I, be head coach I'm possibly saying, in the future. Yeah, you're too optimistic right I, now. I'm just saying the one thing that I think is that you know CMU went. Probably one in eleven, right? By the end of this year, I don't know how much he'd want to come to a dying program if he's already in the NFL. No, like you, you literally can't argue. Okay, this is this is a solid argument too that I've heard against Bono being fired because who are they going to hire? They're yeah, gonna, I, I don't like, know. Like, nobody, nobody, not even like Tony Anise right down the road, Fair mm-hmm. State. Like the dude would never. They had that. They never. Yeah, that, that I don't think they could get sailed. anybody better right now. I, no. I don't. I don't see yeah, anything lined there's, up. There's, there's not. There's nothing we clearly like see right. Like mm-hmm. in our and like it's like right in there's, front of us. There's nobody better they can get. They they would get somebody who they pay more, so they would say that he's better. Yeah. But there's nobody better that they can get. Nobody want to come to Mount Pleasant with a just a, an absolute train wreck of a season. You know, the year before. I mean, people are losing faith in football. People mm-hmm. are losing faith in CMU football specifically uh, more and more. Uh, I think, by, too, the, though, by the millions they spend. Would would Alfred really even want to fire Bono? Because, I mean, he just signed this contract. Mm-hmm. Alfred's about painting that picture of himself. I mean, yeah. that, what is that? That's a big slap in the face <laughs> himself. I think, honestly, I think, like, that's already out the window because he already looks like an idiot for doing that in the first place. You yeah, know? exactly. He already, like, contract. made that mistake, you know? So I, I agree with that. Maybe I mean, he not, would, yeah, Everybody looks at him in that way right now for doing I mean, everybody's upset about Bono being paid that much money. Yeah. Like, honestly, I know this is Everybody's like, upset for him being re-signed for five years, too, and then uh, the, the result of this season. Like, yeah. even today, like, literally today in my class, we we brought up uh, Bonamigo's contract and how much money he's getting paid, yeah. and like someone said, well, our, our football team is one in ten this year, or whatever. And someone else was like, well, they sucked last year too. Last year was one of the best seasons they've had, and how long? long? So time. that mm-hmm. that tells you how much students care about an eight and five year or whatever. Exactly. I mean, seriously, like you, I, I don't see anybody they're gonna they're gonna bring in is gonna do better, and because they signed him to that kind of a contract, like there's no way. Alfred has to hope that it works out for him eventually, and he has to believe in that philosophy that Bonamigo has that it's gonna work out. And another thing people have to consider like it's not very often that like coaches actually 
are bought out for the full price in their contract. Normally, it's an agreement that's that's came upon. Mm-hmm. And in Bono's case, it definitely would be because Bono loves CMU. This is his dream job and all this stuff. If he were to be bought out by the university, they would probably decide on 500, 600K. You yeah. know, give him like a year's salary to get back on his feet. It would not, like, <laughs> if he was bought out, nobody nobody at CMU is paying $1.125 million. No, no. Not it's happening. Not happening. Just not no way. Unless there's a building that needs to be made, not happening. Okay, so they would agree on something. Uh it's just not typical in college football period unless there's a bad relationship that they would buy out and use like the full buyout because you yeah. know and like in in like power five programs those are 15 16 you know 20 million sometimes and and it's not it's not often you see that so uh it would it would definitely come down to an agreement if so um i don't know though if you had to guess gun to your head What's yes. going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen about Mago? Is Bono going to be the coach next, next year? year or not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, gonna I, head, yeah. it's hundred. It's all. It's pretty much hundred percent in my mind. I what think about, back. what about you, Evan? Yep. Whew. Yep. I, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, everyone is questioning themselves. Like, is this really yeah. what we sh- what we should be doing? I mean, but the only way he's gone realistically is if he takes a different job as an NFL special teams coach or whatever that might be. But I don't think that happens at all. So yeah, I think he stays. <laughs> uh, he's not getting. I mean, the only uh, for our, for those Bono haters out there, the only uh, the only optimism they might have is that. The Detroit Lions are looking for a special I know. teams coach. They are. Aren't they? It's true, yeah. Aren't they? They are. They just got rid of them a couple of weeks ago, so. So there's a, there's an open spot at a familiar Might be a lot um, of open spots in that coaching staff though, after this year, to be honest. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Yeah, that's for Unsportsmanlike, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, we're, we'll talk about some, some women's basketball, their first loss of the season. Um it was on Tuesday, I believe, right? Monday. Monday. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, first loss of the season. It was between. It was. It was a game between two of the uh, the better mid major uh, women's basketball programs uh, in the country. I, I was kind of surprised to learn that uh, South Dakota State had such a good women's basketball program, but um, they beat us by nine. It was eighty to seventy one mm-hmm. uh, at 7 p.m. on on Monday the twelfth. Maybe one of their few losses that that they will have um, until until Max starts. But but what what really went down in this game? I mean, it was pretty close right at the end. It was tied at halftime. Uh, I think South Dakota State just pulled away with free throws. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it was basically just a, a back and forth game. I mean, kind of what you expect out of two mm-hmm. top mid major opponents. Essentially, it was, it was just a, a back and forth offensive battle. That's yeah. that's basically what it came down to. Um, you know, one stat to note, I mean, I guess not not really too notable, but Raina Frost only had nine rebounds. I think that was, you know, a, yeah. a big part of it was because, you know, it was CMU, they they got out rebounded. They they did. Mm-hmm. They got out rebounded by ten and I think that, you know, played a big role into the the final score of the game. But yeah, just a back and forth type of game and you know, Sugavar has talked about it too and, mm-hmm. and she's not really worried about the non conference. Yeah. Essentially, just because I mean, besides South Dakota State, CMU plays five other 2018 NCAA tournament teams yeah. in the non-conference: Western Kentucky, Virginia, Quinnipiac, um, Louisville, and then Miami. Mm-hmm. With Louisville and Miami both being ranked in the top 25, so yeah, they packed a non-conference. But she says the whole point is, is to, to get the team ready for yeah. January, February, and March, and then that's just mm-hmm. to get seating. And then essentially, all that matters is March. So I, I don't think there's really a lot to worry about here. It's it's an early season loss against an opponent that. 
Yeah, you knew it was going to be a good that game. That was on par, at least. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and even looking back to last year, they they, they lost to Quinnipiac by 14. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that, that was, was a loss one, that, that was, was kind of embarrassing. Worst. But mm-hmm. at the same time, turns out it was both one of teams ended up making it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but it was their second. Mm-hmm. It was their third loss of the season, and both teams end up making it to the NCAA tournament. Right, everything was good. You can, you I mean, know, thirty and happens. five. Yeah. You can never take away too much from a team early in the season, especially in basketball. And when it comes to this team, I mean, you look at CMU women's basketball. Oh yeah, they're trying to replace some pieces. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I mean, like I'm not saying like I, I, I when I went to go to men's basketball practice, I, I talked to Sugavaro before her first game of the year, um, and just kind of asked like how she was feeling. And mm-hmm. honestly, the the look she gave me in her face was. We have more improvements than what some people are kind of expecting us kind of thing was like what the look is. And yeah. I know, and you know she's gotta be thinking that. I mean, you don't we've said it since how long ago. You don't just replace, you know, Cassie Breen and, and Tanara that easily. Yeah. It doesn't it's just happen. It, yeah, and it, it, it just can't it comes happen. over time. Even, even when it is a superstar, I mean freshman, that mm-hmm. that stuff doesn't I Yeah. Mean, and it, it it will get better. I guarantee this team will be a lot better after fifteen oh, games yeah. than they are right now. But I think another big thing too in that game was Maddie Waters got the first start of her career. She played thirty eight minutes more than more than Michaela Kelly played. Mm-hmm. which is definitely something that opens eyes a little bit. But she was one for seven from the field, one for five from three-point range. It just wasn't like your typical Maddie Waters off the bench can knock down a couple threes. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, let's toss you into this game and see what you can do. And she struggled, and I think that's something that she's going to have to get used to going forward is how do I adjust to being a starter? Right. I mean, how do I how do I adjust with being a guard running with you know two, two of the top guards mm-hmm. in the MAC? That's, that's not easy yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. It's not easy to do, and that's what she has to do when it comes down to being in this starting rotation, replacing you know a player last year like Cassie Breen, who mm-hmm. her only job was to sit in the corner and shoot threes. Yeah, that's what yeah. she had to do. And now Maddie Waters, you know, has to take over that role, and that takes time. And that's kind of why you're seeing a slow start to this offense, and, and maybe yeah. a little bit of a slow start to this defense too. It's it's just what happens when you have a new philosophy, a new system, and you lose key players. But you know. Andy, I know you wanted to to touch on this team a little bit, who actually has a better record and is in better weather. Yeah, no, without without a question. I mean, it's definitely well, it's definitely warmer there than it is outside. If you look outside here today, because it's yeah, it is yeah. freezing out the here today. The men's basketball team is in the Bahamas. Yeah, no, without a, without a question, <laughs> I, I would rather be there than anywhere here. That, that's for sure. But yeah. no, it's been really impressive to me um, in the early season, just c- compared to last year. I mean, looking at right now, it's it's halftime in this game against CSU's Bakerfield. They're up thirty-one to twenty. Um, and, and the first game of this tournament last year, this is a game that they only won by three points. And CSU's Bakerfield is a team that lost to TCU, who's nationally ranked, you know, by five points earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. It's just stuff like the early signs that you're seeing is, isn't what you expected to see early on. I mean, I just, I picked them to finish fourth in the MAC because I thought that, you know, there's a lot of things going on um, behind closed doors that maybe you, you know, you couldn't have seen with some of these transfers getting mm-hmm. together and being better and working as a good group. Um, and they're pretty good. And, and they're definitely having a lot of fun right now oh with, the, with the picture they're, you're showing me. They're not being shy with the beach pictures that no, they've been. Public. I mean, Matt, Matt Beachler has to own the beach, oh, right? He, yeah, I mean, it, it's his yeah, beach, yeah, but the Matt, yeah, that was we got good. Innocent Woko splashing some water in Kevin McKay's face. I mean, they're posing for some photos out here. They're they're clearly yeah. having a great time. Oh, yeah. they're having a great time. I mean, Keto said they, it they paid that. their dues with the Alaska shootout last year. Seriously, so. having to go out and, and you know play in the the freezing cold. What was it? What was it, Evan? Dog sledding. Yeah, so they yeah, dog, dog mushing. Went from dog mushing to jet skiing. Yeah, to jet skiing yeah. at the beach. So but, yeah, they're they're having more fun this year, and they're having more fun in the court too. <laughs> let's have a little fun with it though, and just think about it. I mean, that team last year they were cold. 
they were they were just in this place of darkness yes. and cold. They and were it in wasn't Alaska. pretty. And but but now and I'm talking about season overall though. Now you look yeah. at this team and they are hot. They are a team that you want to be following. Yeah. And, and they're, they're something they're, special. They're exciting. They're exciting they this are. year. And it's thanks to Larry Austin. It's thanks to uh, you know Rob Rob Montgomery being able to swat you know whatever he, whatever he'd like, even if it's uh, a goaltending. You know that doesn't that doesn't waver him. You know the next time he's going to go up. These transfers are coming in and playing so well together. And I mean it's. It's crazy because when half your roster, I mean, almost half of the roster is transfers. I mean, they're, they'll it'll be players that come off the bench. Yeah. It'll be their starters, the Rob Montgomery or Larry Austin, with you know him and Sean working together up top, or Rob working with everybody else down low, and their switches like they just play well together. It's and and it's unbelievable to me because I don't care who you're playing against. I wouldn't expect you know these guys to be playing this well together early in the year. I would have expected oh, yeah. a couple of these. These early games to almost be a scare with the way they played against Davenport. I would have oh, thought yeah. that you know yeah. it would have been closer against a team like you know Chicago State. Yeah, they're not that good, but just because simply these guys haven't played together that long, mm-hmm. but instead they're scoring 101 points. Yeah, because they scored 98 the game before that. Yeah, in years past, these games have been pretty close to start yeah. the season. And I mean, I they've had their blowouts, but yeah. a lot of them have been close too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and and I think one reason why you know they're having a lot of success. Obviously, Larry Austin does does you know does a lot for the team but but something that Keno really hasn't really had you know in past years is three four good bench guys yeah guys that can rotate in and you know it it it's not like it's unbelievable the world change. Yeah, I mean yeah. Morello and Dallas Morgan have both played very well off the bench just filling their role and doing what they have to do I mean Morello Burrell is going to start pushing a guy like Rob Montgomery for more time if he's playing the way that he's playing oh, yeah. because I mean CMU has never been the type of team that really runs with the super big guy underneath mm-hmm. so if he can keep playing the way he does and shoots the way he does that's going to be good but Rob's defense on the other end yeah, very Rob's very good in that way. Good. So yeah. he'll have and, to and he find the some floor. offense. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. his touch is a little off right now. You, you see, you know, spurts of it where he can he can get it in the hole and everything else. But mm-hmm. he's definitely in his troubles. But nevertheless, I mean, what Larry Austin Jr. brings to this team, I mean, means more than anything else. But the depth in their bench is is very good as well. Um, with yeah. Matt, Matt Beachler, Romello Burrell. I mean, these guys are getting Morgan. subbed in, and and all of a sudden, you know, it's not like everything stops and they're playing clunky again. Like they're, they're with the flow. Everything's, you know, flowing. The team chemistry looks Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, you, you, you kind of wondered how, you know, all this talk about Sean Roundtree and Larry Austin being so good up top. You kind of wondered like how they would gel together to start the season. And so far it's, it's been perfect. I mean, these two yeah. guys are towards the top of their scoring every game. I mean, they're they're shooting the ball well. Larry's an attack first kind of guy, and I think that's something that CMU has needed more mm-hmm. right now than what they've had in yeah. the past. Than just shoot shoot threes with both your guards. I think it's a lot better with this kind of offense. Well, you know, Andy, they they play in the Junkin' New Jam, and you know they play in that until you know, potentially November eighteenth. Yeah. And well, they then, will no matter what. Either way, you play the third or the third or fourth game that day or the championship. Yeah, and then you come back from that. You have November. Your next game is November twenty fifth, so you have some a little bit of time off and you play Siena Heights there and then Sam Houston State on Wednesday but then right after that on a Friday you're going to TCU I mean it's coming up quick it's 15 yeah, days yeah, away yeah, yeah. really not that many games away due to that you know little off break that you get after the junk and you jam we saw it against Michigan where they were the hang with them last year is this a team that can possibly by 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 any possibility <laughs> hang with uh, this TCU basketball yeah, team that's I, been great all year. I would say so. I mean, they're being a team right now that did hang with them, early season game or not. I know you can't take that much away from it, but they've hung with them so far. So I, I think that, 
you know, going into a game like that, when you're a you're a road dog and you're from a conference like the MAC or whatever, you want nothing more than to get a win like that. I mean, that'd be mm-hmm. the highlight when you're. Remember what anybody wants to say? I mean, they could say that you know, beating Western Michigan or whatever means yeah. more. If they beat a ranked team like if TCU, they beat TCU, that's the kind of stuff yeah. you remember. Like, oh, like you know, late, years later, you're gonna come back. You know, like you know, when CMU beat Michigan State in football. They come back years later and still talk about that game, right? Like that's the same kind of thing you do if you yeah. beat a ranked team on the road in their house. Like that's a humongous win. So yeah. I, I and I know that's not the only game on the schedule, but so that's got to be the game. That, that's got to be the game that people are looking at, though, right? Against the ranked opponent, that's the one that the that's, fans want to see. That's the one that you know the students want to see. The community. What does it take to you know not only do well in the in the non conference, but beat TCU? You've been you've been around this team. You understand what this team is all about. What do they have to do? Yeah, to beat TCU and do well in the non-conference. I mean, simply everything in this team starts on defense. That's really where mm-hmm. it goes. They have to be able to create turnovers, and like they've been doing, you know, game after game. If they don't, if they don't do something like that, and they're kind of, you know, slow out of the gate, and they allow a team to get out in front of them, I think they could have a hard time coming back. I know they show that they can score points, but I mean, mm-hmm. when you play against a team like TCU, honestly, that most of, most of their seasons they've been a team that is, you know, dedicated to defense. They like to play defense. I think that they'll be, you know, very good against CMU in that facet. And CMU's not just going to walk in there and score 100 points if they score in Chicago State when they play at home. So that's, it's going to start on defense. CMU's going to be able to have to force turnovers. If they can force turnovers and make them into points, that's the key with this team in any game. I don't care who they're playing against. This is where their offense starts is when they play better defense. It's shown that way through the first two games so far. And also... Can CMU's depth actually, you know, keep up with teams like that? Can their bench, you know, come in and actually give these guys blows? Because Larry Austin is a high-energy player. You know, mm-hmm. is he going to be able to keep that energy up through 32, yeah. 34 minutes of a game if and he has to play that long? Same with Sean Well, Is a quiet Matt Beachler-type player going to be able to come in and fill that void? That's the other question, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, can, they, can they come in and actually play real minutes on defense, not just be defensive liabilities against and, a real and team, play offense? You know, against a real, legit College basketball yeah, team that's in, in across the nation. Yeah, in conference games. I mean, that, that's, and those are things you, you're really gonna not going to know until it actually gets there. Mm-hmm. But that, those are my keys. I mean, if you can force turnovers and if their bench can come in and actually, it goes for pretty much the whole season through the MAC as well. If their bench can actually provide this kind of depth, they're going to be a much better team than anybody expects. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, so. I mean, the, the turnover thing definitely shines through. I mean, just looking at a tweet from the from the game they're they're in right now in the Drunken New Jam. I mean, in the first half against CSU Bakersfield, they forced. 15 turnovers. Yeah. That's incredible. 24% shooting from CSU Bakersfield. Maybe uh, maybe they just kind of suck. Um, but, <laughs> but again, it was a team that hung good. with they're a nationally playing, ranked team that scored yeah. 60 points. I mean, right now they're on pace to score 40. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... It's, they're playing it's, good D. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing and, great defense right now, and it's, it's you know, that can mean so much in basketball yeah. when you don't even, like, think about it. Yeah, because everybody nowadays thinks... Defense and basketball means nothing. Yeah, well, I feel like with the pace of play going up and everybody scoring more, it means it's even it more means important. Everything if you can actually it, shut down. It's people. that much more important if you can hold somebody from scoring two points. You know, now that we're having even more possessions, I mean, it's more important if you you know fourth quarter minute and a half left if you can get two stops in a row, game over. You know, so mm-hmm. so defense, which this team is playing pretty well. Um, is gonna have to stay consistent throughout throughout Mac play if they're gonna you know if they want to have some success uh, for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, definitely stay hooked on our CM Life Sports Twitter for all your uh, men's basketball, women's basketball, and football updates. Also check out cm-life.com for all your you know sports news and Central Michigan news. And I think that's all we got for you.